<laughs> you promised. Yeah, so I figured today we would get together. I don't know, maybe this is more for my own sanity than for anything else. But um, I thought, let's get together and try to do a little episode of Shop Talk while we're all, you know, we've got a little Going bit of time. Going insane. Yeah. We have a captive audience. We've got no rehearsals. Um, it's a very weird place for us all to be in. So um, let me just start off by asking how everyone's doing. I'm wearing a baby blanket on my head. So, you know, good. I'm good. So usual. Yeah. yeah. Right. I'm doing fine. It's, it's very odd. I, I have not left the house except for once to go grocery shopping the last week. And that was kind of interesting. Um, I, I've got a, I've got the rest of my family seems to want to go out all the time. And so they kind of were just, you know, doing, doing things like going to grocery stores, uh, going to work, um, you know, going to things that, that they all have to do. So I, I'm, I'm just uh, kind of waiting, you know, just waiting for the next shoe to fall. Yeah, no, we're good. We're doing the whole working from home with the Elena like you have. We have the increasingly stir crazy two and a half year old that's not really interested in any of the working from home that we're doing. Yes, bud, you heard me talking about you. Um, but other than that, you know, I mean, aside from being pregnant too at the same time. So I had to leave the house yesterday. Oh my God, you're pregnant? Don't tell anybody. Yeah, no, <laughs> I had to leave the house yesterday to go to an appointment for that. So that was weird because that was the first time I'd been out since since we started working from home from Gannon. So that was weird. I was like, I wanted to get back as soon as possible. Because <laughs> like, I felt weird to be out. But no, doing as good as can be expected. Depending on how long this quarantine goes, your little nugget may have quite the like... <laughs> friend group you know yeah. <laughs> i think it's gonna be a bit of a wave in a few years trying to get into preschool oh yeah oh yeah this is there's gonna be a lot of covid babies yeah <laughs> yeah i mean Although i saw here. something well same because i saw something here or on facebook that it's usually just a swamp place right now but that it was like if there's a wave of quarantine babies it will be first children like it won't be people who already have kids Oh, having yeah. more. <laughs> no, no, a lot, of families, a lot of surprises too. Yeah, <laughs> we shut it down. We're keeping six feet away from each other. I was gonna say, here at our house, we are very much still practicing social distancing, even within. <laughs> yeah, so better no safe babies than here tomorrow. pregnant, right? In our house, we call it social commentary distancing. I'm trying not to say everything that comes to mind. That's really <laughs> How's that going? Not well. That seems harder than actual social distancing. It's impossible. Absolutely impossible. Yeah. So fighting. You're fighting then. That's that's no, no, not that. We're just we're just it's interesting because we set up in the same office room in the dining room and just now I was sitting down with you all actually in the kitchen, the next room over, and she went, I'm in a meeting. And I'm like, Oh, oh that's right. That's right. You're you're meeting. I'll I'll go find let me go find bedroom let me go find a quiet little corner in my conference room corner in my <laughs> own little chair okay now we have to pay royalties thanks <laughs> <laughs> no i sang for less than 15 seconds We're okay good. all right as cap great so um maybe let's talk about theater a little bit theater what what's that? that what's there to talk about um yeah. i want some escapism like some real escapism in this conversation so we all know what's going on right now. We all know that theaters are shut down everywhere. 
maybe we can just be a little nostalgic and, and share some some memories or some I always love the stories of stuff that goes wrong. I know Sean, you have some great ones. I know as soon as you said nostalgia, I knew you were gonna turn to me like I'm the oldest person <laughs> here, which of course I am, but yeah, you know, it's it's interesting when you Zach earlier had asked me to reflect on Terrence McNally, and I went, "Oh, Terrence McNally! It's too bad I never did." Oh wait, I have, and uh, <laughs> I, I thought about the four shows that my very first uh, show at one of my very first plays again, and I played um, Dr. Pepper in a play called Bad Habits. There were two one-act plays by Terrence McNally, and I played a um, a marriage or couples therapist who smoked and drank and wheeled around in a wheelchair the whole time. And, uh, and I was thinking about that, that show, uh, very funny, very over the top, you know, broken people and broken relationships, just trying to make it work, you know, like, like reality, um, had a chance also to do the Ritz, uh, last minute at, uh, Lincoln theater, which later became, um, it's now where Daffmark dance studios are. Uh, there was a theater there. It was a wonderful theater, uh, that Mark, oh gosh, and his name's not going to come to me. Mark Moffat was his name, Mark Moffat. Um, he ran oh. the I got one, it was one of the two, two shows I did for him in that space, both of which uh, on a Monday night, I got a phone call um, to take over for Jim Gandolfo who had mono. So I stepped into, uh, you can't take it with you. And then with the Ritz, same thing, somebody fell and broke his arm and I had to step in, in three nights rehearsal. I do much better when I don't have time to rehearse. Well, those um, three nights are usually when you're learning lines anyway, right? Usually, no, by closing night, shut the hell up. And so anyway, we all, so, so I stepped into this and my favorite line of all, of all lines, I, I didn't come on until the end of the first act. I played a, a, a New Jersey thug mafioso, and my line was, um, uh, I'm Carmine Vespucci of the uh, Bensonhurst Vespucci's. I want a room in this here whorehouse, and I don't want any crap. Of course, the word crap was not the word that was used, but um, I'm trying to uh, look at look at me edit for, for family audience. For shop talk. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then I had a chance, of course, to play uh, in Masterclass at the Playhouse opposite, the extraordinary um, Sue Lechner, uh, who was doing her best Maria Callas. And, uh, and then, of course, our, our double run of Ragtime, uh, in which I played Father. Uh, and so, so I just, I, I was thinking about, about those shows as you brought that up. Um, not a lot of uh, really negative things coming from them, strangely enough. I don't remember a lot of mistakes or anything. I just remember a lot of wonderful faces and... Uh, Wonderful performances. Oh gosh, Chris Cooper, may she rest in peace. She played Googie Gomez in the Ritz and all, every night she was just so hysterical. Oh my gosh. She, she, and she was as funny backstage as she was on stage. Bob Can Martin I just say too, when I think uh, Italian mafioso, I think Sean Clerkin. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it really stretched. It really, I was stretched by that role. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like when we're asked to do shows at the last minute. Elena, I feel like we do that to you a lot. Um, only after you don't cast me. <laughs> then you ask me. Oh, wow. So, well, how could we go to you in times of need if we had cast you in the first place? Oh, right. man. Thank you for providing me the opportunity to become the saint I am. You're welcome. Anyone can be cast in a show. It takes a real professional to sneak in at the last moment. That's what I do. I sneak it on <laughs> at the last moment. <laughs> oh my. Yeah, those are always fun. Like uh, as an actor, you don't have to the whole like make the stakes higher thing. I don't really have to worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> my obstacle are just, you know, where do I stand and who am I talking to and oh my gosh. My lines. 
I remember I was asked to step into um, to hair. You remember, Elena, you were in the production at the Playhouse. And the young I man, was. Yeah, the guy was playing Burger. And of course, when your 22-year-old Burger can't be there, of course you call the 47-year-old. <laughs> I was younger at the time, not much younger. Oh my gosh, maybe Wait, early Wait, the 40s. one I was in? You the one you were in at the Playhouse. Yeah. I don't remember that. That's how good you were. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's how high you were. <laughs> I was just in the pit. And I was told specifically I had to keep my clothes on. That's all I really remember. In the pit, they told you that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. You can't apparently. Yeah, take your that's another one. Yeah, I step in the last part. <laughs> and when you talk about being led around the stage, they literally would like move me around the stage. I would just start to sing. Unfortunately, I knew known the shoot known the show because we did it at Cannon. Um, but uh, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was a, that was. I don't remember doing the show. At all. I don't remember you doing the show either. Well, that's good. I'm told that I did it. Other people tell me so. Sean, you were in Richard the Third Shakespeare Summer Nights when my wife directed it. Yeah. You played. Uh, oh gosh. The king. Well, the older name? guy. Yeah. Is it Edward? I don't know. I think so. Yeah. With Dom. And Dom was Dom was Richard. Dom right? was Richard, and you uh, you had a wedding that you had to officiate. Um, that's right. That kind of right. snuck up on you. And so at the last minute, I played Edward. That's right, because it was supposed to be, it was originally supposed to be an earlier afternoon wedding and the time was changed. So I had to, and, and you know, why tell the, why tell the clergy person? <laughs> <laughs> you just, they, you, when you usually just block out an entire day, right? right. And that's normally what I do, but, but uh, theater stuff is a little different. And so when they moved it to the evening, I was like, oh no, well, yeah. Yeah, so I did it. I had a script in like a, I don't know, a Bible or some sort of book that he was inexplicably carrying. It was not good. I, I was, you know, I was he's a very religious man. Yeah, so. super, super religious. You know, and it's, I think it's important for leaders to carry their words around with them. I, I think it's important for them to read what's put down in front of them as well. But oh. not, all, not all leaders do that. Oh, so we're going there. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just mentioning. Just I in think general. Just in general. No, I agree. I agree. <laughs> in general, generally speaking. Yeah, yeah. Nicole, you ever been thrown into the actor's nightmare? Well, not a, to be no, right now. Right now, this is my nightmare right now. Right now. <laughs> no, but what it, what it made me think of was there was a production of Our Town in Pittsburgh that a friend of mine was directing or something happened and I it was at one of the colleges downtown in Pittsburgh I'm sure I could reach out and find out if it's either Point Park or mm, couldn't have been a bigger sounds like something that, Carlo would do maybe but it was downtown and her person that was like doing their lights or something didn't show up or something bad happened so she was like can you just come and like for, and this was for the performance that evening. They hadn't like queued in lights. They were just like the person who had been running them was like knew where everything was and would be like, here's where the actors are. So they bring up those oh. lights. And like, so she's like, you'll figure it out. It'll be fine. <gasps> and I sat through a production of Our Town and just, excuse me, I'd like, that's worse. I'm just thinking about it. I think I blocked this out because I literally just remembered it as you guys were talking and literally brought up lights as the performance was happening, the lights would be just like a little bit behind where oh everybody else was doing things. Oh, that's and, even worse. That and it was worse. only one performance, because I guess it was just the one night that that person couldn't come. And it was probably one of the weirdest things I've ever done theater wise. And yeah, that's really funny. I honestly probably haven't thought of that in 
years and oh yeah <laughs> this that's the kind of thing you block out yeah that's oh, completely. Well, really it's a great scary. Movie. I mean, everything needs just I mean, rehearsals important you know having mm-hmm. the opportunity to run things i, I think sometimes plan. We, you know I, I and, and a lot of people who are outside of the theater world don't quite understand that i remember when i was first again and my very first show i was directing there um, the Dean, uh, Thomas Strowski, may he rest in peace, I'm saying rest in peace a lot. Um, but Thomas Strowski was, uh, was the Dean at the time. And he came up and he said, oh my gosh, your, your show, that was really good. How long have you been rehearsing that, a week or two? And I went, no, <laughs> for a musical. And I said, I said you know, the, the, the common, the, the common um, equation, you know, for every minute of playtime you see, there's at least an hour of rehearsal. Um, more so if it's music or dance, of course, but um, it takes it takes that either in rehearsal or in the in the privacy of an actor's uh, own scene study and, and and learning lines and other things as well. Yeah, yeah. I've always been amazed. Some folks take the approach of like, well, here's your script, go off and learn, and then we'll pull this together at the last minute, or yeah. you know, we'll come together during Tech Week. That yeah. always kind of terrifies me. Like it's such a collaborative sport, and I know I'm preaching to the choir with you guys, but so much is gained from that shared experience and that shared rehearsal time. The yeah. more time I can get with the cast and crew, whether I'm in the cast or directing or whatever my role is, you know, the better for sure. I think it's true also for like musicians. I mean, I, I, there, there's such a wonderful core of musicians in Erie. I, I do wish sometimes we had more time to bring them in for more rehearsal time. There's so much more inter, integral to the timing and the success and the, the emotion and the energy of a, of a musical than sometimes we, we give them credits of, of being. Um, I, I know some, some shows, the, the formulas, the ones you know over and over again. Right now we're um, in uh, the contemporary, the, um, the class on production and performance for musical, musicals, the musical. We're reading about Rodgers and Hammerstein and you do one R and H, you know them all. And, and yes, they're all slightly different and everything. Elena, you moved. Oh my God. Dramamine, Um But... <laughs> <laughs> but with the R and H things, you, you really do have to. You know, even there's subtle changes and small things within those within those pieces that really do require an integration of an orchestra too. I wish we had more time with the orchestra to rehearse. Yeah, I know we felt that with Nevermore that just adding that orchestra to the show was this whole different element and changed the mood and changed everything yeah. about the show. And totally. we had what a week with them. So yeah, yeah totally. It was nice when we did Fun Home last year. A lot of the musicians were eager to get into rehearsal with us sooner. Um, so we we had a lot of folks jumping in, I would say probably two weeks before we opened. Yeah, um, I think I was be, there starting like a week and a half in, but I was not by any stretch the first one. Like I think right. Dan and uh, Liz Allward, like Dan Liz Bainbridge, had been there Dan already like a week. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they wanted to, and part of it too was that they loved the material, so they, they wanted to be there as much as they could to, to play along. So we'd have a drummer one night, a guitarist another night, and then by the time we opened, we had everybody. <laughs> when some shows really require that ensemble build, like Elena with, with the Wolves, I, I'm, I'm sure that you, you, the more time you spent with them, the, the stronger they were. I think that with the Wolves in particular, because it was a physical show and they had to learn a new physical skill, I was able to, there was no pushback. Not that I get pushback a lot, but I know that my shows, I, I rehearse a lot and I know that and they know that. Um, I used to pretend like I didn't, but I do. I rehearse a lot. And, uh, but when you can introduce something like a fight or a dance or soccer, um, yeah. then one, and you, you not scare them, but you're like, this is a skill you have to like know and you don't then they're more willing, I think, and eager to jump in and, and be there. Um, 
but I've, I've been really lucky. I've never really had that I can think of a cast that's been like, these are too many rehearsals. I don't want to, at least not to me. They probably talk about it to each other, but not to me. So I don't think so. No, I, I, I think they, they appreciate it. And, and my gosh, even you said that they would get together on nights that you didn't have rehearsals. They would. They would. And yeah, they'd go to the rec. We'd get pictures of them like kicking the soccer balls on the fields and stuff. So um, yeah, they really, I think as a director, if you can create, I mean, and you all know this, if you could create an environment where you, you give them the, the ownership of it, then they want to come in and work on their own. Hi, baby. Hey, it's Jack and Hi, Hi, guys. The pants off, dance off. I was going to say, one of them was wearing pants, one wasn't. For those who are listening at home, I'll leave it to you. I'm filing a <laughs> Title IX grievance <laughs> to my coworkers. This is <laughs> all. Elena, can I ask a question about the wolves? I, is long, I thought you were going to ask me a question about my hair. That's where I was going. We don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> Elena, can I ask a question about the Wolves? Oh my gosh, please. So, did you play soccer at any point? <laughs> no. <laughs> she did play softball. I did, did play softball for seven years. I was a softball player and I was a catcher. Um, which <laughs> the one that didn't move at all, so. <laughs> well, I did play soccer. Uh, did you know? Yeah. I remember the hot chocolate was excellent. Um, I remember walking off the field for said hot chocolate. I don't remember much Wait, else. You've watched Fortune's uh, stand-up routine? Yeah, then? very similar experience. I was yeah. five. Um, yeah. No, I want to ask though, how do you handle, like, there was a lot of soccer footwork and, you know, technique. Like, where'd that come from? So um, we, I mean, in hindsight, I really wanted to try to make more connections at Gannon and in and like use the soccer team. That was the original plan in my head. But then as we got closer and unfortunately their coach was out because he had to have surgery and uh, it was it was just a weird time. Things just weren't lining up. And we also tried to like, we were thinking about actually setting it in the in the in the wreck, like moving the theater to a found location and doing it on the turf but it was spring and uh well winter and so they needed it and just everything kind of fell through and then at the end of the day I was like you know what it's a story it's not real so we're just gonna act like we play soccer and uh when we were casting the show we were lucky enough you know part of the casting process we asked them we did some soccer drills just like I would do if we had to do like a lot of fighting or touching or dance or something. Um, we had like soccer instruction and we teach them drills and then kind of just watch. And it wasn't watching for how good they were. It was watching how their body moves, how their kinesthetic awareness is and can they take notes and, and were they helpful with each other, right? Cause it's a show about a team. So I didn't want to cast a bunch of women who acted like teenage girls who were mean to each other. I wanted to cast a group of women who would help each other. So the casting process really helped that. And through the casting process, we did ask like, you know, uh, one of the roles originally it said in the script as a stage suggestion that she would take her shirt off. And so we had to ask like, how comfortable are you with that? And then part of it was how comfortable are you with shaving your head? 
Um, a lot more of them were more comfortable taking their shirts off and shaving their heads. Mm -hmm. And then I get it. Opposite problem in my book, but this I would rather shave my shirt and take my head off. Woo! So, um, and then through that, we kind of found that some of them had soccer experience or were physical like leaders. And then we just used them to reinforce their roles. They took on that um, role as the, like for example, Reagan Von Richter, who played number 25, who is the team captain. She just really became the team captain. And um, I turned her and I was like, come up with a warm up. Just come up with a warm up. And she's like, oh, for the warm up? So like for the show, for the show and we'll warm up. And then they, we started running drills before all rehearsals, uh, which included like calisthenics, which they weren't ex expecting. And they would, my actors were <laughs> saying, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm like, but you are, you're doing it. And we're going to keep doing it until it's not a thing. So that's what we did. And I think it definitely read that, you know, one of the strengths of that piece and of your production of it is that it is an ensemble you know there's there's no doubt about that with a show like the wolves and you know it shows when when that ensemble clicks on stage and off and i mean i don't know the the dynamics of your individual actors and i'm not asking you to tell tales or anything but it certainly seems like they were working together that entire work so we did this really cool activity uh that i learned at the great lakes michael Chekhov consortium where you like um it's called building your character and you use um like clay not really your imagination and you build from the bottom up the character right and you it's not an activity you do uh, or like the first week okay we did this like three or four weeks in three weeks in we did some archetype work and then we did this and you invite them to imagine that their character comes into the room and like they help you build them and there's no wrong answers and once they build them, they step into it and they walk around. And then I led them through some like Le Bon movement stuff to figure out, like the goal is to figure out how, how does your character move and how do you move and what are the differences? Cause that's the acting part. And that gives you something to do. But then we transitioned immediately into an improv exercise where I asked, I said, okay, thank y'all for coming to my daughter's sleepover. I'm going to go upstairs and microwave some pizza rolls. So you guys just decide what, what movie you want to watch. And they just immediately jumped into it as their characters. And then um, I came down and I said, oh no, um, I'm just disappointed. I mean, I am a fun mom, but one of you broke into the liquor cabinet and I need to know who that was. So I'm going to come back. That, that was me. That. It was John. And so then they started fighting as their characters. And then I came in, I was like, okay, well, nobody returned it. So everybody, you're going to close your eyes and you're going to point to the person who did it. And, and if you did it, I, I urge you to raise your hand. And I swear, they closed their eyes. They all pointed to the same people, the same two girls. There was like the bully and the bully's like accomplice. And the bully pointed to the accomplice and the accomplice raised her hand sadly. <laughs> they all did it. Amazing. They all did it. That's it was great. awesome. That's and great. like, we then, I was like, oh my, ladies, open your eyes. <laughs> they opened their eyes. <laughs> that was like a great bonding experience. And it made them like trust the work and it was just cool to watch. And I got to write about it. So that's cool for me, selfishly. And, um, you know, then they got to talk of their process uh, through it. And so it just deepened what they already knew about their characters. Sean or Nicole, have you ever been a part of an ensemble like that before? 
I only do star rolls, so I don't really know what that means. <laughs> you said character actor wrong. What? Um, <laughs> uh, Eerie's best actor. Eerie's. <laughs> Eerie's. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's interesting. I, I think seriously. I think of every every show as an ensemble show. I, I don't count lines. I don't count time moments on stage. Everybody contributes equally to everything. Um, so I, I I like the idea of of having that affirmation of everybody's all, all working together, all working toward the whole. Um, it, uh, Roberta Stoughton always said, if, if I ask you to be a, a rock or a tree, it's because this production needs you to be the best rock or tree you can possibly be in this production. And, uh, and I played rocks and trees before uh, and, and, you know, recently as well too. So I don't, I don't mind, you know, I, I think it's, I, I think every show is about that. It's about the work of the ensemble. It's about the collaborative work of everybody involved. So, so I, th I, th I think that that's absolutely essential, you know, that, that, um, that was certainly brought forth with Nevermore. I mean, it, it, that was a, a, a totally ensemble production, including the orchestra and, and even, even their individual voices of their instruments, the viola, the, the, uh, everybody who was doing their own thing um, is absolutely essential. I totally agree about Nevermore. I mean, I said to everyone and to anyone who asked me, yes, I was playing Edgar Allan Poe, but it was an absolute ensemble production. And the material is such that I didn't necessarily know what was next in the show until whatever cast member approached me and propelled me into the next scene. I mean, if that's not an ensemble piece, I don't know what it is. Oh my God, you're a mini me. I never know what's happening next either. I just, <laughs> oh, are you I just realizing that he's a mini you? This is so sweet. So sweet. Oh, oh I shouldn't be touching oh, my the face. Oh, the face. Well, face. See, Rob Reed was here, up here, and, and Greg was to his. Oh my gosh, you're exactly where you should be. Dun, 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 dun. I just turned to you. No, I did it the wrong way. It's mirrored. I don't know what to do. That's I don't know because we're it, it, we're all we're not all in the same space, or are we? I'm in the upper upper right hand corner on my. I'm also upper, upper right. Oh, maybe wherever you, I'm in the upper right. Always in the upper right. We're always in the same place. Hmm. Yeah, this is going to work really well on an audio only podcast. <laughs> uh, editing, oh, but I think it's part of it that makes it. Get me to go to video. You're not. We're not. <laughs> No, not as long as you're wearing that on your head. <laughs> Maybe we should describe it for the audio onlys. I can't. It's, it's like Mad Max apocalyptic fashion, but bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like Mad Max meets Baby Huey is kind of what it looks like. So if I like it, Elena. I think it looks cool. Thank you. And I'd like, like you to teach me how to do that sometime. It's I like Rosie I'll the Riveter. It's like Rosie the Riveter if we couldn't. <laughs> I did think of one that was ensemble, super ensemble. Well, A, I mean, obviously agree with Sean about how everything is ensemble driven, but Noises Off, I think, was the most ensemble thing that I've done. Noises Off or Into the Woods, but probably Noises Off. Um, mm. Just because there was those moments. And I, so I know exactly what you're talking about, Zach, when you talk about I didn't know what was happening until the next person would come on because there were times that until someone else opened one of the doors coming through the set, I don't know what the next thing is. And that makes me think of Elena, you talking about how, how could somebody say that you're rehearsing too much? We couldn't have rehearsed that show enough, like ever. And we rehearsed it so much, but we still could have done with 
weeks and weeks more just to have that kind of drilled in because that show was absolutely oh, reliant was on every you, single you, thing that happened. And you're never ready, you know? I mean, that mm. show, because there's so much physicality to it, at any moment, something's going to spin off the rails and you just have to respond. I love being in Noises Off, too. Len, yeah, Len Dombrowski played Selsden in our production at the Playhouse and he, he could never, he never knew backstage which door he was supposed to be in. <laughs> And I remember That's running up at one Salston. point and I'm opening up the door to the bathroom and he's standing there. <laughs> You're not supposed to be here. And then the part at the end, I played um, Freddie and I fell down the stairs and uh, I, I, I had a very tight pair of, of, of gray pants on. And for some reason on opening night, I decided to wear my bright red boxers. Um, Okay, no, they were probably, no, I think they were bikini briefs is what they oh, were. Oh, boy. This is back when we had them. I could, I could do that back then. Uh -huh. and, and so I fell down the stairs and the entire crotch of my pants ripped out. And, you end, and I ended safely with my butt toward the audience and it was so funny. And I just, I kind of had that moment, you know, the, the actor and the character have the same moment of, I kind of reached my hand slowly around toward the audience to make sure there was a hole there. And I kind of like felt how big it was and I realized just how big it was. Well, the next night Richard came in to pick, fix the pants. He said, I'm just putting a basting stitch. He said, that's one of the best laughs we've ever had on a <laughs> best costume laughs we've ever had. So every night I had to make sure that my pants ripped out as I faced the audience. And then I had to go buy extra wow. pairs of red bikini underwear because that was also part of the joke, you know? Well, it makes it look like a choice. So that was really smart. <laughs> All right, I'm going to ask a question, and maybe we edit this out. Do you, do you all have a preferred um, approach to the type of underwear you wear on stage? I knew you were going to ask that. I knew it. Well, you brought it up, and the reason I, I will answer first and say, for some reason during Nevermore, I had to wear black underwear every night because it matched my costume. And I know it was never going to be seen, but to wear anything else, seemed very odd mm -hmm. i think i do the exact same thing i think mine was like because i have vividly like remembering now and like getting dressed it's like i wouldn't have wanted like something that looked super what's the word when something sticks out red herring you know like if something like that happened and not only that but also my approach is always just more layers sure just whatever it is <laughs> just more things so like getting ready for little mermaid so it's like i know i'm in half costuming things but with a harness so it's like a pair of underwear and then like another slip and then tights and then there's something else so it's like there's no possible way there could be some sort of mishap here right. more is usually my i would say industrial strength like mm -hmm. I, as many layers of spanks as i'm legally allowed to wear at one time oh yeah i remember so like i'm a thick gal and um I like this, like my thighs touch to keep all the secrets in, you see. And so like, you gotta be careful of brush burn. <laughs> and so, and you I- You don't wanna start a fire. Right? I'm very responsible. You don't start a fire in the theater. Anyway, so- it's just good sense. I wear a lot of layers. And I remember once in grad school, they had this sweet, adorable person doing my costume as Ma Jode, right? And so she gives me the costume and I'm like, can I wear, I need to wear, I need to wear my Spanx. And she's like, oh, well, they didn't have Spanx back then. And I'm like, right, but we're, we're here now. And I do, I probably have some in my bag and I have to wear them. And she just didn't get it until the costume 
director lady came in she was like i got you and then she gave me some like a girdle like an old time girdle and i was like this is great i want two of these like get them done let's trust me up like a thanksgiving turkey before you throw me on that stage so i yeah. have to wear things betwixt my thighs this full disclosure edgar Allan poe also wore Spanx. there you go of course he did mm -hmm. the actual like, edgar so Allan Poe. yeah yeah. I had two favorite costume moments. One was in grad school, like Elena's was, uh, I did the four poster and uh, Nancy Allen was doing her costume thesis on it too. And part of it was there were only six characters, six or two characters, six scenes. And so each scene takes place in a different decade. So she had to design from the underwear all the way up to the outer garments, the costumes for each character. So not only did we have to change our outside characters, but between scenes, we had to change our underwear. And so that was, that was kind wow. of a but I think my favorite underwear ever, um, and just because it's only been my first full full um, full dress uh, cross dress was was playing Edna in, in Hairspray. I mean, those those cl clothes were so much. They, they were such a pain in the butt to get into. But I just everything moved exactly where you wanted it to. You know, I <laughs> I, I kind of like that trussing. I agree with Elena when when you wear that much, it just pushes everything to where you where it should be. You know, and certainly Edna felt much more beautiful once she put her costume on and her wigs from Aww. Jean. Yeah, well, yeah. Of course. yeah. Well, and I know I'm one of those actors who like the costume is so much of the part for me, like finding the physicality of the character. Yeah. So much of that comes from putting on the costume. I did it with the jacket and Nevermore. I know you all thought I was crazy wearing that way earlier than I needed to. But for me, it's just getting into that, into that character is, is part of literally stepping into their clothes and well, I begged to posture. wear the thoroughly modern Millie Bob as early as possible in high school. I was like, when do we get that? Because that for me was, that was her, was that short right. black bob. Yeah. Well, it's mask, right? It's mask. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, the tiny, the smallest mask you can wear is a red nose, right? It's the clown nose. But then, but then mask, which used to mean character, just turned into costume. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I think my, the first time I, I, I lost all that weight and grew all that hair for Superstar, but it wasn't until I put the robe on and stood in front of the mirror and went, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like, yes. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty, that was, that was uh, yeah, it really does. It, 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 changes, it changes the way you see yourself uh, and, and <laughs> anything we can do. Oh, Archie's enjoying, he's, he, sees the, he sees the neighbors. Why are I they hoped that was a dog. I wasn't sure what that noise was. That was Elmi. <laughs> I just was worried, like, if my pants split and suddenly you see, like, my Harry Potter boxer briefs or something. <laughs> I and thought you were going to Harry Potter. going to end with Potter boxer briefs. Yeah, as I was saying Thank it, I thought, it. So. probably not the best example. <laughs> Thank you, Zoom, for not cutting out. <laughs> That's funny. Well, where do we go from there? Well, I, I, you know what I'd like to know? Um, <clears throat> so, what are we going to miss? Having, having taken this time off. I mean, uh, the, the, the two shows I was really looking forward to, I was looking forward to Something Rotten at the Playhouse. I heard that Charlie and Rich are extraordinary uh, in their roles and I was really looking forward to it. Um, and I was also really looking forward to an, uh, another country that uh, J.D. Mazikowski had uh, put together for um, All in Act. I, I think that's an interesting script. I think it's a provocative script. I think it's an interesting moment in history. And, and I was kind of looking forward to those two shows especially. And I'm, I'm so disappointed that uh, that our friends that are on other stages are not going to have an opportunity to get get their shows up. Yeah, I mean, here's I hoping that they do get a chance, right? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, I was uh, pumped to find, <laughs> like in hindsight, I was excited to have a break because I hadn't not been doing a show since I can't even remember. I, I directed I'm Hamlet last summer and then it was just always something. And then with the mini fringe and with wolves on top of that, I was like, okay, just get through wolves and then you'll get to see things. I haven't seen things. And then with a toddler, you know, you just, it's really hard to see anything. And so now I have the time and so that's just, a, I just miss people and I miss seeing people I know do their thing and how beautiful people are when they're doing their thing. And it's just. And it's just not the same. I mean, you got, you got to be in the same space. I mean, the beauty of live theater is that there's nothing mediating between you and the, and the performer on that stage, except for the air that you are sharing. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and, and I look forward to that moment again, you know, once we get a chance to get to that space. But it, it is so, it's so imperative that we, that, we, that we flatten the curve, that we keep our distance, that we allow our healthcare system to work the way it needs to work. But, yeah. but boy, it also means that we're prolonging this particular cycle in some ways. Yeah. I know that in some part of the country, um, New York, for example, and LA and, and San Francisco, they're not having that option. They're going to they're gonna peak and they're going to drop quickly. And and, uh, and we are, of course, extending that because we're doing it right, you know, yeah. to protect others. But it is also ch challenging. It's an and I was excited to uh, act again. Yeah. Get on stage again. Yeah. So. so I will say right now at Drama Shop, you know, we're holding out hope that we can move forward with uh, Silent Sky as a live stream event. Um, whether the actors are going to be together or remotely, we're still kind of, we'll wait and see. And. We will heed the advice that's out there. Um, you know, we're crossing our fingers, and I know it's maybe we're being overly optimistic, but maybe we'll be able to continue with our final main stage production of Everybody, which is to open in June. Um, like I said, maybe that's just wishful thinking on our part, but we need to look forward and we need to hope that um, at some point we'll get to return to normal. So um, if it doesn't happen in June, it'll happen sometime and, and we will all be back and we will be hopefully better than ever. And I hope that, that our community is ready and waiting when we do return. Well, folks, I guess this was our, our first uh, quarantined version of Shop Talk. Um, it should have been more quarantined, I think. I think our <laughs> topics are terrible. I really wanted to go dirt, dirty. We should have gone into those dirty places, those throw some mud. Mud will be slung tonight, said Bette Midler. Well, this is just episode one of our quarantine Give it a week. edition. So. Give it a week. That's true. This is, I feel like the reason we haven't had as many is getting everybody together. But I mean, the possibilities are endless with this. Like, <laughs> I hope it sounds good. I'm sure that the, the tech is not quite as, as solid as our usual podcast, but we will roll with it. Hey, if they can do like TV shows like this right now, then we can we can do shop talk for sure. Yeah, we can. It'll be fine. Well, hey, thank you all for doing this. It's good Man. to see you. Good to talk to you. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. All right. Hey guys, bye. 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 Thanks everyone. Good. Be safe. Love your spouses. Same.